Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. Well, I want to talk to you today about something I think is so powerful, and it is supernatural increase. Supernatural increase. How many of you would like supernatural increase? Not just what you can do yourself, but what God can do beyond you. Amen? Supernatural increase. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 6 says this. I planted, this is Paul speaking. I planted, Apollos watered. We're watering. But God gave the increase. Amen? I planted, God watered, excuse me, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. That's supernatural increase, amen? And God loves to bless what we do. He loves to bless the work of our hands. He likes us to be industrial. He loves to bless our, our uh, ministry efforts. Man, He is all into that. So whenever you step out of just being, it's just about you, when you start reaching out, you know, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You, you see? And a blessing comes on your life when you make a decision. You know what? I'm going to start giving out. I'm going to start giving out. Blessing comes all over you. It's more blessed to give. And he, he also likes to do miracles and meet our needs. He loves to do that, right? Now, we can go through lean times. Times when it looks like everything's hard, difficult, like we're not prospering, like everything's falling apart. <clears throat> but you have to remember this thing. Jesus is the Lord of the harvest. He is the Lord of increase. Amen. And everything will come about in its time if we do not give up. If we don't give up, then we all are going to go through trials. The way to go through the trial to the blessing is don't give up. That's the only way you're going to go through your trial and end up with a blessing. Don't give up. So, the Bible says God brings increase in due season if what? We don't give up or if we don't get weary and give up right in due season so today i want to speak to you in such a way by the holy spirit to increase your faith to increase your expectation because god is going to bless you according to your faith and expectation now i know we have incidences when that happens outside of that realm. But the general way God works is He is going to speak. Your faith ignites. You see something. Your faith ignites. You hear something. Your faith ignites. And then God shows up. He honors your faith. And something happens because you believed. Amen. Are y'all with me? Yeah. I need to give y'all some horns or something like these little doggy toys my dog has he makes noise with. For those of you who are quiet. But anyway, the Bible says this. He who supplies the Spirit to you and he who works miracles among you, does he do it by works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Listen to what he's saying there. Okay? Now let me get you some, give you some definitions here. Uh, it was some insight into that verse. The word supplies, actually, is, it really means like a lavish supply. It's like He gives you so much. He gives you more than enough, right? He who supplies lavishly, abundantly, the Spirit and works miracles. Now, those two things are connected. Do y'all see that? 
He supplies the Spirit. And in that spiritual atmosphere, miracles happen. Does that make sense? Right? How does He do that? How does He do it? Well, it says it right here. He who supplies to you the Spirit and works miracles does it by the hearing of faith. Do y'all get that? Where's that faith? Is it in God? Does it reside in Him? It's Him in you. It's the faith in you that pulls on God, brings the Holy Spirit power, and causes miracles to happen. Now these people are believers he's talking to. And he's like, do y'all remember how this happened? How this process works? It does not work by other means, for example. <laughs> you know, it doesn't work because, um, you know, there's needs. There's needs everywhere. God doesn't do miracles just because there's needs. Y'all see what I'm saying? He didn't do it just because it's God's will. It was God's will. But He says here, He did it. He did the miracles. He sent the Spirit not just because it's God's will, but because faith was ignited in the people. Think about that. Y'all think, oh, things are just going to happen. Well, okay, well you, if you've got a faith and trust, but if you're just passive, walking through life going, oh yeah, what's going to happen is going to happen. No, no, no. Paul's going, guys, listen to this. God's not going to do miracles because of your needs, because just because it's God's will, even just because you go to church. God's going to do miracles. He's going to give you the Spirit because you are hearing and faith is getting ignited. Faith for what? Faith for salvation? No, they already had that. Faith for miracles. Faith in an expectation that God's going to do something big. You understand what I'm saying? Paul's going, guys, get back to that place. You've gotten bogged down in so much church stuff. Get back to that place where you are believing and using your faith where you hear. And instead of just going, uh-huh, you go, that's for me. God's done it before. God will do it for me. That's the way faith comes with hearing. I like that. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word. Do you understand that's a strange statement? You have to think through what he's saying for it to make sense. He says faith comes from hearing. And hearing spiritually comes because of the Word. The Word of God enables you poof, to have the light come on on the inside of you. Doubt, unbelief. Oh, that'll never happen for me. Oh, that was just 2,000 years ago. That will keep you from having the light come on to having the faith come on. Y'all see that? Amen? You see? And he says, these miracles and the Spirit is going to be provided to you to do whatever needs to get done from the hearing with faith. You've got to believe. You've got to believe. You have to have your faith ignited if you want to see miracles regularly. Yes, you might stumble into a miracle. You might be somewhere where something just, God just does things. Because there's different ways God does things. But what God does regularly and what Paul is telling these people, look, do y'all remember? Do you guys remember? How does it happen? So you got to see this, okay? Do y'all see that? God wills to do miracles. People think when things aren't happening, it's because God didn't want it to happen. God wants to do miracles. Paul's, Paul's telling you, hey guys, this was good. The Holy Spirit, you know, what's wrong with you guys when miracles, that's good. Y'all remember how that was? He didn't say, well, I guess God's not wanting to do anything anymore. 
God doesn't do miracles anymore. He's going, guys, He does it this way. Here. Believe. Let your faith be ignited. That's what makes a miracle happen. That's what He's telling them. That's what makes a miracle happen. And sometimes we can have so much crusty doubt in our souls from disappointments and so much other stuff. We've got to get the Roto-Rooter and get that junk out of our souls. Amen? Do you remember Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus, the guy who had... I'm not Zacchaeus. Zacharias? I, I confuse their names sometimes. You remember he was asking for a baby? He's the one that had John the Baptist. You remember that Gabriel showed up to him? Right there, right? And says... You're going to have a baby. Your prayers are answered. Well, he was old by then. He didn't believe. You remember his words? How do I know this is going to be true? You know what had happened to him? He prayed, believed, but because it wasn't in his timing, God even said yes. But because it wasn't in his timing, he started doubting. You see, and some people, because it didn't happen the way they thought, didn't happen in the timing they thought, they start doubting. And God What did God do to Zacharias? He said, you're not going to be able to speak because of that. In fact, if you look down later in that chapter, I think it's for some reason, verse 62 comes in my mind. But he says, he says, uh, you know, they had to make signs to him. That means he's probably deaf too, right? (laughs) It's interesting. But I'm just saying he was rebuking him like, "Uh uh-oh, this isn't how God works. You let doubt come up. I got to shut this up. And this is going to be an example to everybody later. Don't you start getting into doubt. Don't you start speaking negative things about what God can do. Can God do this? How do I know God's going to do this? How do I know the Bible's real? I'm telling you, there's a point where you, have, where you say that. But I, once you realize the Bible's true, realize that's not the battle anymore. The battle's in you dealing with your doubts, your fears, your insecurities, your disappointments, what you've been through in life, somehow being able to rise past those and say, in spite of whatever I have gone through, I believe in God. Amen? I believe God gave Zacharias some kind of testimony. He's like saying, guys, or excuse me, God's God's telling us, guys, don't be discouraged. Believe, trust. Put your heart toward God. Renew your faith. I want to tell you something. That man got rebuked that day and he, his, the rebuke ignited his faith again. How do I know? Because he had that baby. His wife had that baby. Amen? You know what I'm saying? Anyway, so, all right. So I just say all that to, to tell you this. I want you, my goal today I believe the Holy Spirit goal today is to ignite your faith for the miracle you need, for the increase you're believing for, for the open doors. Now, I'm not talking about something fleshy where something's all about you, right? But I'm just saying God brings supernatural increase into our lives. He blesses us. He brings increase. He is the Lord of the increase. Get your faith up. Stand in front of that doubt, in front of that fear. Oh, am I going to make it next year? Oh, what, might, what bad might happen next year? I'm telling you, God's like, you got, to, you got to press past that. You got to start believing. Believe God for your miracle. Now, we're going to look in Luke chapter 5. You look in Luke chapter 5, what a great story of increase this is, right? This is the story where... Peter and some of the other disciples, they weren't Jesus' disciples yet. And they were fishing. And then they fished all night and caught nothing, right? And of course, I, probably everybody, if you've ever been to church more than uh, you know, one year, you, you know that story. But let's, let's get into this story. So it was, this is in uh, Luke 5 verse 1. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God. So Jesus is is preaching and 
he got so many people all around him, they're pressing into him. And, uh, you know, when you preach, it's good to have a little distance between you and the people, right? You know, uh, so everybody can hear, everybody can see. So anyway, uh, they were pressing all around him. There's a big multitude. He saw two boats over there. But the fishermen had gone, and they were washing their nets. So he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's. And he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now I'm going to just stop right there. This is something really interesting to me right there. Jesus has just been doing, and it must have been an amazing preaching. There's a multitude all around him. I mean, a huge amount of people. We don't even hear what he said. You ever think, well, why don't they tell us what he said that day? But we're going to hear the story instead. Isn't that interesting? You know why? Because there's a lot of teaching in that story. There's a, maybe if you want to call it a better lesson that we need to hear in this story here today. And this also tells me something. Just like, again, they could have just written a doctrine that was something Jesus taught, but they didn't do it that day This in this place. He wrote the story. That tells me there is power in a story. And we should be able to get something out of that story and apply it to our lives just like the teaching. Does that not make sense? One person's testimony of what God has done, shared, ignites faith in so many other people because they go, God did that. Wow. This story has been written here for your benefit. It's powerful. There is something that happened here that God wants you to apply. There are so many lessons in this story. All right. So I'm going to finish reading the part we're going to go over today. Now I don't have my clock. We'll be here all day. Don't have my watch. I, I, I actually can't see the time. Then Simon answered, okay, so let me back up to verse four. So he's in the boat, right? Okay, so what happens? He asked Peter for the boat. Peter, yes, sir. He gets him, pushes the boat, gets the boat out where Jesus is away, where there's some distance and he can preach. He preaches from where? From Peter's boat. All right. When he'd stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered and said, Lord, you, we've worked all night and he probably could have added some other things. And, and weren't you a carpenter? We are fishermen. I mean, he could have, he could have said so many things. We've worked all night. We didn't catch anything. But you know what? At your word, I'll go do it. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat. Remember, there are two boats, right? To come help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish they'd taken. So also were James, John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to be catching men. So when they brought their boats to land, they left everything right then and followed him. So I want to go as far as I can today with, with this illustration because I believe with this story because I believe there's so many lessons here about supernatural increase. I, I believe there's truth in here about supernatural increase. First of all, these men were working hard, right? They worked hard all night. God loves hard work. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, God honors work. If a man won't, isn't even willing to work, God says, don't even let that man eat. Why? He's not, he's not trying to punish him as much as he's, he's wanting to teach him to work, right? Work is good. Amen? Psalm 1-3 says the one, the one that delights in the law, the one who's 
walking according to the Lord and he meditates on it day and night, he's going to be like a tree planted. A tree planted by the water. And he shall bring forth his fruit when? In season. Amen? Who's going to bring forth fruit? The one that delights in the law, the godly person. And it says, and whatever he does shall prosper. Whatever he puts his hands to will prosper. Okay, so we got this general thing here where the, the normal way God works is he blesses the works of our hands. He blesses what we put our hands to. But what about these guys that night? They worked all night and came up empty-handed. Think about that. All night and they came up empty-handed, right? It wasn't because God was displeased with them. How many times when things don't go well, you go, God's upset at me. God wasn't upset at him. God hadn't cursed him, right? Wasn't because of that. Um, and I, I can imagine even before, because these were good Jewish young men, I bet you they prayed that God bless their efforts. God bless us. And they came back with nothing. Now, this is what I believe. When you're serving the Lord, and you're doing your best, and you're committing your works to the Lord, generally, there's going to be prosperity there. If there's not, or if there's some kind of hold up, there's a reason. And I believe one of those main reasons. One, now, again, if you're disobedient, that's one thing. We're not talking about that. I'm talking about you're doing your best to follow the Lord. In all of your faults, miss whatever you understand, you know all of your weaknesses, uh, stumbling. Nobody's perfect, but you want to follow the Lord. You're trying your best to do that. You know what? Sometimes I believe there's a hold back because God has something bigger in mind. Think about Hannah. Hannah in the Old Testament. You remember she was barren, couldn't have a baby. She wanted it so badly. Do y'all realize that if Hannah had had her baby when she wanted it, she'd have never had Samuel, the one dedicated to the Lord, the prophet, because Samuel came because of her devoting her child to God. Do y'all see what I'm saying? God held her back because he had something bigger in mind for her than just a normal child. Do you see what I'm saying? Right? Sometimes God will hold something back because he's got something bigger in mind, something more godly in mind, something that he's in in a bigger way. And I believe that's going to be true for so many people today. So I believe there's probably so many people that You've gone through seasons of, of sowing, of doing right, of laboring, of, of doing everything you're supposed to do, doing your best, and yet you haven't seen the fruitfulness, the harvest in your life that you want to have. I just want to encourage you. I believe it's because God has something better, bigger, that God's in in a different dimension than just the normal way. Amen? So, I want you to be encouraged today. For those of you that seem like, man, you got something, just don't have an area of break. There's an area you need a breakthrough. And you know, I'm definitely not just talking about finances. It can be so many different areas where you've wanted a breakthrough. You've needed a breakthrough. Maybe you're wondering, God, why haven't this, why hadn't I had this breakthrough yet? Why haven't I had this breakthrough yet? I want to encourage you, do not give up. Keep sowing to God. Keep doing right because due season will come and all the wait is doing, the waiting time is producing interest to your account. So the longer you wait, the longer you're faithful, the greater the reward that you're going to get from God. Amen? I fully believe that. Second thing I want to see about these people. So first we see they were working hard and they didn't get it. That ties into the second thing. They were tired. 
These men were tired. They have lost hope that anything was going to happen. They'd given up that day, okay? So you don't want to lose hope and not think anything's going to, to uh, happen, but what you want to do is get to a place where you no longer believe you can do it. You see what I'm saying? They no longer believed they could go out and catch any fish. They were used to them. They were fishermen. They knew how to do it. But they came to the point where they didn't believe in them being able to do it anymore. I don't believe I can do it anymore. I don't believe I can make it happen anymore. Right? They gave up confidence in themselves. Now, let me just say, that's, that's painful. You know, when we start serving the Lord, there's a part of it where we're asking God, God, you do this, but there's a part where we're just trusting in our own ability as well. You know what I mean? Isn't that true? But then when you get to the place where for one reason or the other, in some area of life where you thought you could make something happen, and it doesn't happen. Maybe you thought you were in faith, but then you begin to realize you were really looking to your own ability and your own giftedness or even your own faith to make it happen. And then you get to the point where, where boom, you lost hope. It's sort of like this. Your hope, you thought it was all connected with God, but it's connected with you in your ability, right? When you lose that, boom, you feel deflated because you were lifted up by your own trust in yourself. So when you lose that, boom, you don't feel good. You fell down. Are y'all with me? And that's the place where you have to put your trust in God alone. And that's the place you're going to your greatest increase and blessing when you've got no trust in yourself to make that thing happen. That's exactly one of the greatest keys you'll ever find to supernatural increase. Not trusting in yourself whatsoever. And God brings us to that in some area or areas of life. And it teaches us some amazing things. Look at Moses. Moses is like, I'm called to be a deliverer. You remember he goes out and does that himself? Moses, under Pharaoh, he goes, I know I'm called to be a deliverer. He had the gift. He knew the gift was on him. He knew what he was supposed to do, but guess what? And, and you know what? He knew it was from God, I believe. But he had confidence in himself. He was going to go do it. And what did he do? He killed one Egyptian, one Egyptian, and he had to run for his life. He didn't get very far, did he? Think about that. He killed one man. And after 40 years, he's lost all his self-confidence. It took 40 years, I think, for, for God to work all that out in him. You know, some of us have to go through a lot for God to get to break our pride, our self-confidence. You see what I'm saying? And Moses probably had a lot going for him. Maybe he was a smart guy. Maybe he goes, hey, look, I'm here. God has honored me. How is it that God has put me in the palace? There's a purpose. I'm special. I'm anointed. I'm called. There's a way. Oh, God's with me. But you see, there's so much of self even in that. Are y'all with me? You see, it took, I believe, 40 years to break that out of Moses. And then when God comes to Moses and says, Moses, it's time. He goes, oh, God, send somebody else. Why? Because there's no confidence in himself. And God's like, no, I will be with you. Now you've got to learn. You've been broken. Now you've got to learn something. Trust in me. Stop putting your eyes on you because now you finally see you're nothing. That's good. But now see how big I am. That's what he says. Y'all remember that? Moses is like, I can't, no, God, please, no, no. I will be with you. That needs to be your focus. Only, because now that you know you're nothing, if you look to you, you're really going to be down just like you were. God loves to, for you to come to nothing in that way so he can make you something in faith. And who are we anyway? What did Paul say? God, when he, Paul's talking about 
God brings the increase. I plant, Apollos waters. God brings the increase. What are we? We're just men. We are nobodies. That's powerful, isn't it? The more you can grab hold of that. And you know what? I'll tell you this too. Most of the time, you won't get to this just because I, somebody tells you. You've got to go through something bef- often, whether it's a night where you work or a season where you work and nothing happens, right? Or whether you're in the wilderness, not knowing how in the world did you end up in that wilderness when you grew up in the palace. I mean, whether, like Joseph, you're in a jail cell. Somehow you've got to exhaust all your natural hopes. You know, you know Joseph was in a jail cell? No hope, naturally. Nobody on the outside, on his side. Nobody rooting for him. Nobody trying to help him. Nobody going to the lawyers and to the judges for him. Nobody. And the Bible says the Word of God cleaned him up in that, in that place. And he believed God in the middle of having no place to have any hope. That's just amazing. What about Abraham? God's like, I'm going to give you a child. Oh, great. God's going to bless me. What did he do? He waited until Abraham couldn't have children in his natural ability anymore. That's where his greatest miracle came in. Do y'all see, y'all see what I'm saying? Your miracle is not going to come because of your self-confidence. It's not going to come because you think you're great. Because you think you're favored. It's going to come because you don't think you're anything, but you think God's everything and He's able to do all things through Him who believes. Not the one who believes in Himself, but the one who believes in God. Amen? God will do a great miracle for you if you just believe. If you just believe. How many times did Jesus say that? If you just believe. He said that to Mary, right? Man, didn't they need a miracle? If you just believe. That was a big miracle. If you just believe. Just believe. Just believe. That means don't doubt. Don't fear. Just believe. How many people try to believe and have fear and doubts at the same time? No, just believe. Don't speak a negative word about what God might do. Don't be like Zacharias. Begin to speak according to the Word of God, not in a self-prideful faith way, but out of submission to God. Amen? Amen. Okay, so, so here we are. Third point. After they finished fishing, they're cleaning the nets. And, what, and Jesus is getting ready to preach. And what does Peter do? He lets him use his boat. That looks like it's an insignificant part of the story, doesn't it? It's not, in my opinion. It's not. It's a very important part of the story, right? Um, Galatians says this, Don't be deceived. If you sow to the Spirit, if you sow to God, you're going to reap from God. You're going to reap from the Spirit. Amen? How do you reap? Pressed down, shaken together, running over. That's one, that's one dimension of reaping. It's going to happen that way. When you reap, when you reap, when are you going to reap? In due season. Right? You reap in due season. And what else does the Bible say about reaping? If you don't give up, you reap. You can do everything and is you're about to have the blessing poured out and you give up. You miss out on all of that. You understand what I'm saying? Anyway, so I believe that this increase happened at some degree because Peter let Jesus use his boat. Right? Peter gets in the boat. Excuse me. Jesus gets in the boat. It's Peter's boat. Peter pushes him out. There were how many boats there? Two, right? How many um, boat owners didn't catch fish all night? Two, right? Who did Jesus tell? 
Go cast your nets. One. Who? Peter. He told Peter. He said, and he said, go out into the deep. Right? So Peter gets his boat and goes out into the deep. Evidently, the other boat we see is out there too. So they went along too, right? How many boats caught the fish? One. Which boat? Peter's boat. Is that just by happenstance? No, it's an important part of the story. Peter's the one that gave to God. Peter's the one that got the word. Peter's the one that got the increase. And what did he do? Then he called the other boat with him. Come, guys. And he filled that boat up too. So that, to me, is telling me God blessed Peter because Peter sowed to God. <laughs> That's powerful, isn't it? And I want to encourage you. Whatever you have sown to God is going to come back to you. Pressed down, shaken, running over. Amen? It's going to come in due season at the right time. And it's going to come because you did not give up when you wanted to. Praise God. Now listen, I just want to mention a few of these things here that's coming to my mind. Some of you have labored for God. You've held your ground that God wanted you to hold. You've been faithful to your assignment to do what God wanted you to do. To be faithful, whether small or great. And God just would say, you remember what He says to those that were faithful in their assignment? You've been faithful in something little. I'm going to give you much more. Amen? Those of you that have been faithful, you have sown faithfulness in your assignment. At the right time, God's going to bless you with more. Amen? There's others of you. You've sown prayers. You've prayed for others. You've prayed for God's kingdom to come. You have served God, asking God, Lord, your will be done. God, may men praise you. God, turn people back. You have served God in your prayers. And what does Jesus say? Those of you who have sown prayers unto God, you've done that in private, watch. I'm going to reward you openly. Oh, you know, Jesus likes to, he likes to use those little word pictures. You've done it in private, but I'm going to be real open about my reward for you praying. Amen? Maybe you felt like giving up. Maybe you felt like you're too tired to pray anymore. But then, you know, maybe even a day or two you slipped or a week or whatever. But then you go, nope. You know what? I'm going to get back up. Amen? Maybe you've sown finances. You've been faithful to sow finances. Paul speaks specifically about finances and he goes, this is in uh, 2 Corinthians 9. He who sows sparingly shall reap sparingly and he who sows bountifully shall reap bountifully. He's talking about finances, something very natural right there. But who does he give to? The sower. Amen? Man, I just, there's so many examples, but whatever you have sown unto God, faith will tell you it's coming back and it's going to be multiplied. Doubt will tell you don't sow, don't sow, don't sow. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your money. You're wasting your efforts. You're wasting this and that. You ought to go to bed. You know what? You're, going, you're, you're way too tired. You're, you're way too this. Or just sleep in. How many people didn't sow to the Spirit this morning because they're too tired? Because they sowed to the flesh last night, right? But God rewards those who sow to the Spirit. So, uh, I just want to encourage you with that one. Now, next thing I want to get into is uh, Peter is actually doing something so powerful here. He's listening to God. Y'all see that? Before he gets his miracle, he's sown. He's sown. He's, the, the, Jesus is in his boat. And what's, G, what's Peter doing? He's listening to Jesus preach. Isn't he? He's right there. Do y'all know that having the Word of God in your heart has so much to do with how much you get blessed? Even that word that I shared earlier, blessed is the one who meditates on the Word, who's thinking about the Word. 
You know what happens when you're in the Word? You see, you got to understand this. It's not just some kind of mental exercise. Oh, let me just, mem now memorization is good, but I'm just saying it's more than just a mental exercise. It's getting the aha of the Word on the inside of you. It's having that Word talk to you. I'm hoping that's what's happening to you this morning. Because when the Word talks to you, then it becomes alive. When the Word talks to you, it changes your attitude. It changes your mindset. You, you see, all of a sudden, your, your disposition changes because you've been around the Word, right? Now, let me tell you what I think's happening right here. Um, Peter has been listening to this Word. As he's listening to the Word, he's listening to Jesus preach. I'm guessing it was anointed. You know what I'm saying? I bet he was hanging on every word going, oh man, oh, I needed that. Oh, that was good. Hey, did you get that? Oh man, that was good. He's listening to Jesus. God's working in his heart. Man, he's so melted, right? And then, guess what happens? After he's been listening to the word, after he's in that attitude, he responds and he says, Go back and fish. Go cast your nets in the, in the deep. Let me just say, I don't know this, but I believe Peter was of a right heart to say, I'll do that because he'd been in the Word. The Word had been working in his heart. The Word had prepared him to do something he didn't want to do. Now, I want to just say this right here. Do you know some of your greatest blessings are going to come when God tells you to do something your flesh and you do not want to do? But because you've got enough of the Word and its influence in you, you go, Oh God, I don't want to do that, but that's your Word. Something on the inside of you makes you go forward when you didn't want to. It makes you do something sacrificially when you wanted to make excuses. Man, I just love this. Peter could have gone, Jesus, you just don't understand. You see, we're fishermen. We've, we've been fishing all night long. We're super tired. We'll come back and do that tomorrow for you. We'll come back. We'll do that. I promise you. I'll promise. You see, we can make so many excuses, can't we? But there's a big difference between that and doing it our way and doing what God says. We don't want to do a lot of things God tells us to do. Have y'all realized that yet? Have you realized that yet? You don't want to do a lot of things God tells you to do? You have excuses? You got reasons? Sometimes you try to say something, a good, a good excuse. You see? Is it a good excuse to not go out again if you've been, you've already tried that and you've done it all night and nothing happened? In fact, the nighttime fishing is more successful generally than that other time, right? You know better. You could come up with a good excuse. Whenever we give up our good excuses and we say, God, okay, okay. And the only way you're going to have ears to hear that is by being sensitive to God, spending time in His Word, spending time praying, spending time in church. Church makes a difference. I'm telling you, church makes a difference. Sitting there where somebody's speaking the Word of God makes a difference. Jesus said, my words are spirit in their life. If you've got ears to hear, you'll hear it. How do you have ears to hear, by the way? You've been in tune. They're in tune. You've been getting the Word. God's been working some stuff inside of you. The people who heard Jesus were already the ones who were sensitive to Him and to God. You see what I'm saying? It's not, oh, if you're really smart and you can catch what I'm saying, you're going to benefit from it. No. Do you have ears to hear? P Peter had ears to hear that day. He was sensitive to God. He wanted to please the Lord, right? Anyway, and lastly, I'll finish on this one right here. And then I, I got, I'll, I'll go and, Maybe I'll finish on this one. Let me see here. Um, maybe I'll do two more if I have time. In fact, my clock is right over there. So what's the next thing that happened? God gave him a word. 
God gave him a word. Um, I believe that God can, well, we can be in a situation where we're working, we're doing what we're supposed to do, and then it looks like it dries up or it looks like it's not working. And then we're waiting, we're looking, and then God will speak a word of direction. Man, that is the next thing for a huge increase. When God takes that moment, steps into your life, and gives you direction, man, what a key that is. Amen? And what do you do? You step in to that, to what he said. Blessed is the one, Luke 11, blessed is the one that hears the word and obeys it. Amen? Now I want to say, we all hear the word here and obey it. We should. Some people don't do that. You know what? It's so, such a funny thing. I can read over a verse. People, people read it all the time, and just like it's a poem, but they don't read it to, to apply it to their lives, right? We ought to, ought to go through that one day. That'd be a good message. Words that are so often read, but not lived out. <laughs> we read them religiously. But, but anyway, God gave him a word. He spoke that word. Blessed is the one that hears the word and actually does it. Okay. Now, you might go, uh, how do we hear that word? As I was getting to, and I got diverted in my, in my talking. We had the word of God that we read and we do. But beyond this, God is going to give you specific direction. God told me to marry a specific woman. God can tell you specific things in life, right? And when you do that, there's a blessing in it. Again, let me get back to this other point I was getting to. How do you know God's talking to you? What do you know from what I've already said? You got to be in tune, right? You got to be in the Word, number one. And I just say a lot of times you lean into it. A lot of times you get a little inkling. All right? Sometimes you go, I think God's wanting me to go in that direction. You start going there. We've been doing this in our prayer meetings recently. You start praying, and rather than just pray the way we might normally in a prayer meeting, we just sort of lean into that. And then it just opens up. You go, wow, that was God. That was God. Sometimes you just have to step into it. Go give so-and-so $1,000. What? No, that can't be God. And then it comes the next day. What? That can't be God. Then it comes in. You know what I'm saying? That little something nudging you and you just say, you know what? I'm just going to step out. Maybe it's God. I'd rather risk and miss it than, than not risk and miss it. You, you understand what I mean? And then you step out and so many times you step out. Peter stepped out on that word. He didn't know Jesus was God, actually. You know, God can... Now, Jesus was God, right? He was speaking from God. But you know, God will use so many other ways to speak to you too uh, from God. He can use other people. He can give you a dream. I've had direction in dreams. He can, he can speak to you so many ways, but it doesn't matter. You just have to trust God's going to give you the direction you need, right? And I'll mention the last one really quickly here. What's the last thing? Uh, I've said this already in so many ways, but what did Peter do? When he didn't want to go any further, when he was tired, when he was worn out, when he'd lost all hope in himself, Jesus says, get back up and go back out there. Man, this is something that everybody has to learn. If you're going to get the blessing of the Lord, you will not do it without perseverance. You will not do it without having to strengthen yourself when you feel like you are the lowest you can be. And instead of giving into that, God says, rise up, get up out of that bed, get up out of that discouragement, get up out of that depression and be strengthened in God Get strength in me and go forward again. If we do not learn how to do that, if you don't learn how to do that, you'll never enter into God's greatest increase for your life. Amen? This is what the Bible says. It says, in due season, you'll reap again if you don't give up, right? You have need of perseverance so that after you've done the will of God, you'll receive what has been promised. Amen? 
The reason why, this last reason why Peter ended up with his increase is because he did not give up ultimately when he was so tired, weary, did not want to fight anymore, was ready to go home, was tired, could have made up excuses, and he goes, I can't do that. i got to rise up again and go forward again. That is where God came to him when he strengthened himself to go forward and do what God's telling him to do. Man, how many times have we seen that in Scripture? Right at the point of the greatest discouragement, people strengthen themselves in God and say, I'm going to keep believing God. And boom, their blessing was right on the other side of their hopelessness. It is an amazing thing. Amen? Okay, so I have some more things I might share next week about this story. But um, let me just highlight some things here really quickly for you to remember today. Number one, have no confidence in yourself if you want to receive a great blessing from God and increase. Number two, sow unto God if you want God to sow back to you. Sow good works, sow prayers, sow finances, sow whatever unto God, unto the things of God. Amen? Number three, be in the Word if you want God to bless you. Let the Word be in you. Let your mind be renewed. Hear from God. Hearing the Word is what's important, right? Hear and, and obey God's direction for your life. When God speaks, do it. Do it. Don't go, oh, I don't want to do that. Let me do anything. No, your blessing is behind that doing of what you get, right? And lastly, rise up and persevere because it's not going to be easy. Not for any one of us is it going to be easy. Not for any one of us is it just going to happen without perseverance. Every one of us is going to have to rise up. Every one of us is going to have to encourage ourselves when we don't feel encouraged. Amen? Amen. Let me just say this last thing that I started out with, if I can find that page here. He who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles. How does He do it? By the hearing of faith. By faith rising up in your heart. How is God going to do this miracle for you in the season to come? By faith working on the inside of you. Hear, believe, and just step out in God. Amen? Amen. Why don't we just stand and let's just commit our, our year and our week to God. Father, we want to thank you, Lord. You're the Lord of the harvest. And God, we thank you. This is, is an exciting time. You're bringing us forward. We're overcoming we're destroying all the lies of the devil in our mind. We're destroying fears. We're destroying doubts. We're rising over, up over discouragements. And God, we are standing in faith because we know that's what you're getting to. The devil wants to discourage faith. Oh, he would even like us just learning doctrine. He just learned to want us to do so many other things that might be good that, Lord, you said you work miracles. You provide the Spirit because of faith. Oh, God, let faith be big in our hearts. God, right now, we believe in you for big things. We believe for a big outpouring this year. We believe for you to touch our lives this year. We believe you, Lord God, that at the right season also, we're going to reap good things that have been sown. God, our eyes are on you. They're not on us. We don't trust in us. We don't trust in our ability. We don't think we're something special. It's not about us. It's about you. Oh, God, and our eyes are on you. Lord, we've given up hope in ourselves, and if we have it this morning, we just make a decision to do that. God, and our hope is just in you. And we know you'll bring us a great miracle. In Jesus' name, amen.